This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. is Sky Blues Extra. Hello and welcome back to the Sky Blues Extra podcast brought to you in association with the Sky Blue Tavern and Dylan's Brewery. Joining myself, Dean, this week are Ross and Matt Chaps. Good to have you with me. It's good to see you. Yeah, good to see you both. How are we? Yeah, all good. I can't complain, can you, after a 4-0 away day? Absolutely. Ross, feeling good? Always feeling good, mate, when I'm on a pod with you. you know. Well, I can even see you this week. We've got cameras on. Which, uh, well, which I've is... always got my, I've, I've I've always got my camera on for you, Dino. You request it, actually. I think. And also, if you you won't be able to see this, listeners, but in the background, Ross has got his actual camera set up. I think for an OnlyFans shoot after <laughs> after this pod. The um, if if we could tell you what, if we get if we get fifty likes on the pod release, then I'll give you everyone my details, and then can, <laughs> <you> can... <laughs> give everyone a twenty-four hour setting the target high there at fifty. That's for, That's probably like twenty more than what we normally get listening to the podcast. So. <laughs> Us <laughs> rambling on. Uh, let's start with the big news of the week then. The magical 50 points has been hit. I think that pretty much secures our place now in the division. So, what, should we just end the season now, lads? I think we've got a few more ambitions, haven't we? Or what are we saying? Every, every week it just, you know, I, I was on a couple of weeks ago and kind of nervously saying, well, I'd, I'd happily take a, a top half and then another win comes and you're kind of saying, well, top 10. Now we've got to be saying, well, at least top eight. And, you know, obviously if we can follow up with another win next next Saturday, we think in automatic promotion. <laughs> automatic might still be on, yeah. Sheffield United's not looking not looking too far away, no, but yeah, it feels like there's there's something still still left to play for, certainly. Well, considering the majority of our fans, Ross, had us relegated, I think, after eight games. Well, exactly. I mean, so to to even be in the situation where we're we're keeping our season alive but in a positive sort of way, I think is testament to the job that Mark Robbins and, and the players have done with everything that you know we've had to deal with this season. Um and yeah, I mean I, I felt we were safe to be honest, sort of I think it was the come which win it was. Probably the Millwall game. But after that it felt like I, I felt I don't think the third from bottom team is going to get more than forty six points. Um so it, you know it's nice to sort of get in that fifty mark, and then we can start looking up towards towards sixty. You know, and can, can we can we beat last season's tally? That's got to be the aim. Um, and with everything, I think that we're a point ahead through, at the moment, aren't we? Of this the same of this time, last year, which is remarkable because last season we started the season very well. Yeah. Yeah. And this season we started disastrous. So it actually shows that I think you take you know and there's so much context you know to those first six seven games. Uh, you look how consistent we've been since the injuries we've had to deal with. It's remarkable, to be honest with you. It is remarkable. Um, so, yeah, fingers crossed we've got some winnable games coming up. Yeah, let's let's try and put this week into context, first of all, Matt. That was two tough away games, wasn't it? Like, regardless of their form or, you know, what position they're in, they're two tough places to go and get points. We've got a depleted squad, but we've come away with four points out of six and two clean sheets as well. You, you can't really ask for too much more. I know, again, that same old thing when we 
when we go to a team that maybe aren't the most appealing, everybody just assumes we're, we're going to turn up and win. Kind of put it in context, as you say, the injuries we've got at the moment. A team like Preston, yeah, they're not glamorous, but we know, obviously, from our history, it's not the easiest place to go to. It's certainly somewhere we've massively struggled over uh, a good number of years now. So they're, they're a side that don't concede a lot of goals. Obviously, they had that incredible run towards the start of the season, but they, you know, they just don't give you that many clear-cut opportunities. So I think for us, again, when you put it in the context of, of playing Preston, being able to go there and pick something up surrounded by, you know, wins against Sunderland and then being able to follow up with a win against, against Huddersfield as well, um, it just makes that point feel, feel even more valuable. It kind of keeps us on this unbeaten run. It means we're kind of heading in the right direction and then had the opportunity against the Huddersfield side that are struggling to obviously go and pick up three points. But again, as you say, people probably automatically think we're going to go there and we're not. It, it, it is a difficult place to go. They've got some decent players, but more than anything, they're obviously in, in a real scrap for their um, championship position, you know, and, and they're not going to roll over easily or you'd assume they wouldn't roll over easily. There's going to be... Player finalists play as well for. last year. Yeah, exactly. They're, they're, they're a team that have obviously shown they've got um, quality. They, they obviously lost a lot of players in the summer, so you always thought they were going to struggle to live up to what they did last season, but it is quite a drop-off. But there's always that opportunity or that possibility that they're going to turn around and put a performance in and, and obviously, you know, kind of go on and uh, go on a bit of a run and, and keep themselves in the championship. So for us to win, but not just win, obviously come away with a 4-0 win, look as as assured, as confident, as comfortable as we did against the side like um, any championship side for us is a massive mark of how much we stepped up over the last few seasons. Ross, I don't, did you listen last week to the podcast? I hope you did. Uh, yeah, I did. I did actually. I was. Uh, I, I put it on to, I was struggling to sleep, so I put it on. Hey! And, and uh, No, I did listen to it. Yeah, I enjoyed it. So, you know, when we look back at the five games, we said that if we come out with 10, 11 points over that five, it'd be a, an excellent return. We've still got one home game left to go and a visit to two of the bottom three, but we're already at four points, so we're well on the way to that target. And that's what it t- it's going to take at this point of the season. It Setting yourself small targets, reach those, and over the 11 games, you hopefully you're, you're in the mix. Yeah, of course. And I think, um, I think with the injuries, to be honest, I sort of then, after Preston, looked at these sort of four and, you know, coming up and with the injuries and the news about Allen and, and Palmer and all of this, it's, you know, it's down to bare bones, you sort of then think, ah, you sort of lower your expectations in terms of what you would take, you know, what would sort of keep us alive and in the mix for a, a playoff hunt. And uh, I, I was more worried about Huddersfield away than I was Preston away, to be honest yeah, with you. Yeah, I was. After I, I the was... performance we put in against Preston, I thought, you know, we've we've got a lot of lack in energy. Even before Preston, after Sunday, I thought, I've got, I just had a bad feeling about Huddersfield for some reason. But, you know, Preston, I sort of felt like, oh, this could be the time where we end that hoodoo and I actually the way it panned out I sort of I felt like it was going to happen you know when we yeah. rode our look I thought this is it this is going to be the way we sort of shithouse our way to finally getting a win there but it wasn't to be but it was a very good point and before Sunderland I sort of try and look at it in pairs I thought four points I'd be absolutely delighted and we got that and we backed it up with another win uh, another clean sheet so there's lots of lots to be positive about you know that's Ben Wilson hitting the the record isn't it now for the well, but it, yeah 17 clean sheets I mean it's it's well, but, but I mean, it's, yeah, he, he's useless apparently, uh, according to Twitter. So um, when did when did he pick up his first one? I'm just trying to. Well, the first back. one you'll remember was that nil nil draw away it's at Birmingham. Birmingham, and we've been on that barren run of five losses in a row. Haven't well, we? uh, the game before that was that Luton game where we drew two two, and but we we again defensively looked an absolute shambles. And it I could have been thinking, six six that game, it, couldn't it? it? it but if you had said to me, we're going to have kept the most clean sheets in the league, I'd have laughed you out of, you know, town. Um, honestly, it was ridiculous. It was like, I, I thought our defence looked like every every attack, we're going to concede some silly goal. And then we managed to somehow get that goal to score against Birmingham. And then the following, we had the international break, came back, beat Middlesbrough 1-0. And then suddenly we had that foundation. We proved that we can keep clean sheets. And we've just kicked on from there. So fair play to the defence and, and Ben Wilson. Matt, any thoughts on, on the defensive capabilities of this team now? I've got to agree with Ross. I mean, it, earlier in the season, if you'd, have, if you'd have been saying to me, we're going to go on and clean, well, obviously at this stage, it's 17. Who knows what it's going to end up at over the next 11 games? If we were, if somebody was to say, you're going to hit 20 clean sheets, let's say, which is certainly, you know, a target that we can realistically say is, 
is something we can achieve this season. It, I just wouldn't have believed, you know, I can't even put in context what I would have, the odds I would have expected to see on that kind of, um, that kind of estimation. It just didn't look anywhere like being near possible. You'd have thought even making 10 clean sheets at that point of uh, time would have been, you know, absolutely ridiculous. So for us to have got to this point is, is insane. You think um, it shows the importance, obviously, certain people that we've got in the defence. It shows how much Wilson's come on as a keeper because I think we've always known that he has the ability as a shot stopper. You know, he's he's pulled off some unbelievable saves in his time with the club, but probably hasn't given us, given us that all-round confidence that would make you think he is going to keep a lot of clean sheets. He might make a great save, but he probably, in the same game, is going to do a couple of fundamental things wrong, which are going to lead to a goal. So, it's the fact that he has to have significantly improved his game because you don't get those kind of stats without, you know, having done so. Yes, he's making some great saves in there as well, but fundamentally he's doing a lot of things a lot better than he would have done, you know, even even six months ago. We're not talking about uh, a massive improvement over an extended period of time. This is, you know, within the context of this season. So it's it's unbelievable to, to see, but obviously you can't ignore the defence in there as well. Ross, do you think it's going to change how Mark Robbins approaches the goalkeeper situation in the summer because, you know, we're going to have to bring in 10, 11, 12 players. Could he, you know, potentially not go for a new keeper, keep Simon Moore at the club as well, and then that opens up possibilities in the um, outfield? I think it all depends on whether we can get rid of Simon Moore. I think if if we can get rid of Simon Moore, then I think he'd look to bring in another goalkeeper. I think but the, would that be as a number two? Um... I don't think it necessarily would be. I I, I love Wilson. I, I I wouldn't be, you know, if we actually put all our resources into, you know, getting nine or ten quality outfield players, then then I think Wilson's proved. Yeah, you know, we can't argue the stats don't lie. Seventeen clean sheets. He with a decent defense in front of him, which I think would only get better next season with the players that we've been linked with and the players we'd want to potentially add in. I think he's proved that he's a capable goalkeeper. I think the the thing with Wilson is, I felt when he first signed. He's his whole demeanor was like he knew he was the number two, so it was like he'd come in, do okay for a couple of games, but because his focus wasn't there, because it was rare that he was getting you know four or five games, he'd then end up making a mistake, and then people would go, Ah, oh, Ben Wilson's not good enough. I feel like this season he's come in and he, you know, when you hear him talk in his interviews, he feels like he's the number one, and yeah. I think as a result, that's why he's playing so consistently well. I don't feel like there's been many, it, there's not been up and down in his performance level. Whereas I felt like that potentially was the case in the previous seasons because he wouldn't be exposed to that many games. So I think he's been brilliant. I think Fads is obviously, we can't, I can't not talk about his importance. You know, before his injury, we won four in a row going into the World Cup. Looked like we were playoff bound. No, no doubt about it. He then gets injured and, you know, O'Hare and other things. And we sort of suffer a little bit. He comes back in the side and we haven't lost. It's not a coincidence. He nah. he he brings that experience. Doyle, McNally, whoever's either side. It doesn't matter who it is. It, you know, I could play alongside him and I think we'd keep clean sheets, you know, because of how good he is. Oh, I'm not take... sure about that, mate. <laughs> well, I, well, like I said, actually, I, I said you, didn't I? I said I put you, <laughs> you in put me midfield. Yeah, but, some engine. But, but, but I do think you take fads out. The problem is there isn't yet that next natural leader. Do you know what I mean? You, like uh -huh. Robin's even said it. He said it's it's nice to hear some talking going on and shouting, you know, when Fads is on the pitch. So I think he's been incredible. I think McNally has been unbelievable and I would be going all out to to get him in the summer. Talking the papers this morning of two million. I think that's an absolute steal for a defender of his quality. Well, if it, it, that Burnley would then make break even on what they paid for him. We He would then fit the mould. What I love with him is he looks so composed the whole time. Like, you always believe he's going to win the ball. But it's everything, though, isn't it? It's like, it's on the floor, in the air, bringing the ball out. Everything just looks that little bit more composed. Effortless. Well, look, I, I and recency bias can affect a lot of people's view on it because he's obviously the recent player, Panzo. Let's not forget, before that Wrexham game, he'd been a revelation. He'd been brilliant. But... The only difference between those two, I find, I don't get wrong, if we keep it both, I'd be buzzing, but the difference is with Panzo, sometimes I feel like... There's a mistake in him. He could be a bit clumsy, or he could do a clumsy tackle, whereas McNally always looks like he's in control of what he's doing. He knows if he's going to get the ball or doesn't. That's the only slight difference. I don't want to... You know, it's quite easy for fans to go, oh, Matt, definitely way better than Panzo, but it's quite easy to forget what Panzo did at the first start, you know, half of the season. Um, but McNally, for two million, I'd, I'd snap your hand off. 
Right, let's get into the uh, let's get into the Preston game. I don't want to spend too much time on it because it was pretty ropey. Uh, it's a game that won't live long in the memory, that's for sure. Poor game, really, from both sides. Just lacked that bit of quality, Matt, didn't it? From from both. I mean, they had some chances, didn't they? Guilt edge chances in front of goal. Yeah, I, I, do you know? I think we were. I don't. I don't believe we set up set up to get a point in a in a game too often. But I think we were quite happy with the fact if we could get a point from that game, given the fact that we'd obviously gone into it with the a few wins under our belt, given the fact that we had a few winnable games coming up afterwards, to, just to be able to go there and not lose at a ground where we haven't done well for a number of years, that is a horrible place to go to. We always seem to play there midweek as well, and it's just a horrible place to, to get up to one of It is grim up, grim up north, they say. It's grim it? up north, especially in, <laughs> you know, in February as it was. And, um, it's, we just always seem to play them on a on a grim Tuesday, Wednesday night, and it's just not a nice place to go. It's not the easiest place. You've got to kind of respect, um, you know, respect the, that. You know so, the age old saying, can you do it on a cold Tuesday night at Stoke? That should change to, can you do it on a cold Tuesday night in Preston? Yeah, there's a few places in Lancashire or Yorkshire or whatever you could pretty much say the same thing for. But it's just it's just one of those places. It's not nice to go. If we can, we're, we're in such a good vein of form. It, we've obviously got so many opportunities coming up afterwards, like I say. For us to be able to go there and, and get something from the game was, I think, the main thing for us. So I didn't expect to see us go, you know, all out and, and throw caution to the wind there, to be honest with you, because it's not a place where that probably is going to work out too well. So, but yeah, we, we obviously lacked a little bit of quality at times. There were a couple of moments where, again, Hamer, um, the step up that he's made this season for me is, is phenomenal. And, and kind of his passage of play for that chance that came for Ellen was just summed up how much better he has got for me over the last, again, even three, six months in the season. So we did have moments of quality. Gioquerez had a few moments as well, but when it came to actually chances in front of goal, we lacked composure, I think. Um, and probably the same for them, as you say, I think from our side, it was the Allen chance, maybe the Bidwell chance. You had a couple for um, for Evans and Delap had one when he came on as well. Um so, yeah, there were a few moments in the game where there were opportunities maybe lacking that little bit of composure. Other than that, I think it were two teams who were um, probably not too disappointed to, to get a point from the game, to be honest. It's the bloody purple kit, isn't it? Have we won in that yet? <laughs> I, I don't think we sure have, we have, no, no. no. Some, some guru on Twitter said that we hadn't, so I'm, I'll go with that. It's the best kit Hummel have released for me, and we haven't won in it. It's so yeah, disappointing. But yeah, but... It, yeah, but the, the, that would come. Look, if it, if I've got a lot of away games left. Yeah. Um, I I sort of just felt like, to be honest, we they were a dreadful team. But we, you know, but the point, you know, after beating Sunderland, you'd always just go, yeah, I'll take a point away uh, at Preston. Um, I just didn't think we played very well. I just I just felt like it had the writing on the wall of a one niler to them, and then when that chance fell to the lap, I thought, here we go, this is it. But the, the one nil wouldn't really say. I'd say the point was a fair result. But um, I just thought there was far too many players under par. You know, I think Vic was marshaled out of the game by Bambo Diaby. Big shout out <laughs> to Bambo. Um, I think he was, well, Preston fans couldn't believe he was playing. I think Ryan Lowe grabbed him in training and went, listen, you're going to man mark the best yeah. def- attacker in the league. I, I disagree slightly with Matt. I, I don't think Hamer was actually that. I, I've seen a load of people raving about his performance against Preston. I think he was the best of a bad bunch. He did three things where he dribbled past a player and created a chance. But the rest of his passing, along with the team, was or was pretty awful to be honest, and I think it's again it's quite easy to get swept up by a couple of moments. Yesterday against Huddersfield is a different story. His all round game there, it, I just I just felt like we were just off it against Preston. But to come away with the point at a ground where we notoriously don't get anything, I think you got to take it. There's probably not the same level of opportunity for him or for the team in that game, given you know what we're expecting, what we're probably looking to get. From the game, I, I just think from the press, they just pretty much two sides that cancelled each other out. And I hear this every time. I think every time we go to Preston, and obviously before this game, it pretty much ended up in the loss. We always hear they're such a bad team, they're a terrible team, they're a terrible team. Like, why do we think they always beat us? Why do they always come away from the win? They've got a certain way of playing, certain way of, I guess, grinding teams down, especially at home, which just well, for us to go there and I guess cancel them out. It wasn't, you know, I'm not, I'm not arguing that it was a great performance by any stretch of the imagination. I just thought it was two teams who cancelled each other out more. But her, Preston's home form's been shocking. Preston's home form's been shocking this season. So it's not about them being good. I think we go there. We know we've got a bad record. We just choosing our. We've never been that good at midweek. Uh, Preston's fought home form up until that um, 
our game had been awful. So I don't think it's. I, I think they are a poor team. Otherwise, they would. Why would they? They'd be higher. I just think. I just think that we go there and in seasons gone by and already we're sort of feeling like... So it's a mindset thing then? Yeah, I, th- I think it is. I don't think it's anything to do with Preston uh, in terms of them being good because they lose at home to all- awful teams, you know, it- it recently. But I always find like when we play a better team, we step up. But when we play, you know, a really bad team... A bit passive. ...negative, then we-, we match their negativity. It's really frustrating. You, you bang on. We, mi- we mirrored them. And I always feel like often if we try and mirror a bad team, we'll often get unstuck and we, yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll come up short. But luckily we got a point. I was delighted with the point. I was jumping around the room, to be fair. Um, but yeah, I, 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 I wouldn't want to be a Preston fan. Good. Te- no way. Um, definitely not. I, I think the reports are. For, for a magnitude of reasons, I suspect as well. Bambo Diaby, big shout out to you. You did well against Vic, but everyone else. Liam Delap, that miss. You'd have scored that, Dino. I would have definitely scored that. Um, talking of goal scorers, my concern at the moment is the former Matty Godden. Like, it feels like he's really struggling to come back to the pace of games. He just seems to be in no man's land most of the time. It was the same yesterday as well. Do you think? I mean, obviously, there is so much on Giocarez. He is kind of the focal point of the team. Maybe he does feel a bit like we've we've moved on I guess potentially I think we've kind of ended up in this situation where we're starting two strikers more on the back because of we have to. injuries yeah rather than the fact of that's what we want to do and you know I think we'd always say having gotten back and starting isn't going to be the worst thing in the world for us but he you know maybe there is that mindset and mentality for him that he's realistically only you know, I remember doing the pod a couple of weeks ago when we were talking about the fact that it felt like we'd moved on from, you know, starting two strikers. We're in a situation we're quite comfortable now with, obviously, Allen and Palmer supporting Giocarez. And that was kind of the mindset and what we were looking to do. And obviously, yeah, we've kind of been forced into a situation where he's starting games, which, again, with his goal-scoring record for us, you wouldn't, you wouldn't hate. And I'm certainly not hating seeing him start games, but maybe there is a bit of a mindset there. I don't know if the team's moved on a little bit for him. Um, and he's he, we've got to, I guess functionally look at the fact that he is so frequently injured he's just, just not getting get the opportunity to get yeah. to get back to get back up to full speed so it's going to be difficult for him i guess and obviously we lost jamie allen as well which is you know a big blow because he's been one of our standout players this season four to six weeks for him adding to to the ever ever growing injury list which seems to be affecting that top third of the pitch more than anything yeah, it's uh, that's it's bitterly disappointing, you know. Add him on top of O'Hare and obviously Palmer. In the space of two games, Palmer and no Alan sort of being out for you know a little while. That's it's very disappointing because you know Alan's our second highest goal scorer this season. You know ever since you know um, me and Wardy had that chat with him at the Sky Blue Tavern. He, he's, oh yeah, he's that, changed, that changed everything. I think he I think he said it in a post match interview as well. He goes if I don't speak to speak to Ross then. I don't know where I'd be. Well, I remember saying to him, I said, you know, obviously you'll be hoping to get some more goals. And he sort of like responded as if like, fat chance of that sort of thing. But, you know, he believes in himself. I think he does talk like a roadman though. So yeah, he does. But uh, look, it's disappointing because he's versatile at least. Sheaf's out. So suddenly in that midfield area, we look like we were very, very light, you know, and it was sort of switched, you know, earlier on the season, it looked like defensively we had no depth and had a decent amount of going forward. I mean, I've said this all along. I think even fully fit, everyone in the squad fully fit, the depth is okay at best. Like yeah. we still want more, need more depth when everyone's fully fit. So there's a moment we get a few injuries. And yes, I think we have been unlucky in terms of the amount and how long these injuries have been. But it is, a, it is a big blow. And it was a shame, like Robin sounded really deflated. And I sort of felt deflated going into the Huddersfield game, even though we, we never should have, you know, five from games those, and beaten. From those comments that he made, yeah. But it's like, you know, if you'd said to... I, I went into the Huddersfield game think, feeling almost as if we'd like lost the last two and drawn one or something and feeling a bit like, oh God. But uh, we'd, yeah, we'd literally, you know, five games and beaten. And it was just the injuries. It was just, you know, Robin's obviously frustrated because there's nothing we can do about it until the summer. Um, and, it, and it's a shame because he, he obviously loves Alan, you know, as we, you know, as, as you know, Dino. Um, I don't he, know anything, Ross. <laughs> I just put two or two together and that he definitely has Robin's news. So, <laughs> um, But no, it's, it's a shame because I, I do, I think he's, you know, he's, he's contributed well, Alan, to be fair, in front of goal. You know, say people, you know, his overall game, is he what we want starting next season? That's a different uh, topic, but a different question. But he has contributed. Why, why does it 
the injury list seems to affect us more than any other club. You know, I've seen some things this week about trading pitches and, you know, voodoo dolls and stuff like that. It just seems like it has a detrimental effect to us on in big chunks during the season. Why, why, why are we the team who have a, you know, why did we have a pitch you know what I mean, ru- ruined at the start of the season? I get, I, I just feel like we're, we've been very unlucky. I, I feel like we're, the cards are always seem to be against us in, in, in that respect. But this goes stuff. back years, Ross, because well, you agree. look at like Jones ACLs of ACLs galore. and Tony we, Andrew, Biamu. Um, we, we must have had five, six, seven ACLs yeah. in what five seasons. No, no other club goes goes for no, that. No, I don't. I, I agree, and I think it's. Maybe, maybe when Robbins talks about improving the training, you know, at Wrighton, maybe, you know, and I think he made reference again to like certain equipment and stuff, you know, to be able to see if players are getting fatigue, et cetera, or whatever, or more prone to injury. I don't know. Maybe that's what's going to happen. I, it's a tough one. I, I don't know what to answer really. I mean, we've, it does feel like we have be, had rotten luck with injuries. And I do feel, and it's easy, yeah, because people will say everyone's obviously got injuries. But with you know our two cams, we you know we made a one signing we made in the summer was to get another cam in, so we had that option. O'Hare, who's never been injured since his time, suddenly suffers two terrible injuries in the space of one season. Palmer's stayed fit, done really well, then he gets injured. And you think if they were fit, I would be so confident with it going into this final. Oh, well, even 10 games. I think if they were both fit, we'd be in a much better, healthier position than we're in already. Agree, agree. agree. We, I think eight to ten points more. I mean, I, even without them, I think we've chucked away eight to ten points this season, yep. easily. So you know, it just goes it just goes to show. Like, if if we had a full strength side, we're a match for anybody in this division. Absolutely, anybody. Even Burnley, because we played away from home and we were the best best side on the pitch that day. And then we had, and we didn't make a single sub. You know, if we'd made subs in that game, or if we'd been able to have players on the bench who Robbins trusted to bring on, we'd have won that game. One, no, no doubt in my mind. And I said it all along, I said it on the pod before, like a broken record. Starting 11, strongest 11 is definitely top six. The bench this season has been bottom six. And then, you know, and we've overachieved, you know, so we're, we're currently eighth and obviously doing great. So hopefully that'll be addressed in the summer in depth wise. All right, let's wrap up Preston then. Uh, some man of the matches to start with you, Matt. Uh, well, I'm going to go with Hamer. Oh, I, he's, gonna, he's absolutely <laughs> destroyed Ross there. I just, I mean, at the end of the day, I don't think anybody's claiming that he was... A, a superstar in that game. It was a, a game where everybody was average at best. You know, teams cancelled each other out. There's not really anybody stood out. So, you know, yes, I don't think he's, he was quality throughout the game. Um, but probably if you talk about two or three moments of, of real quality that he had, probably does put him above anybody else because w- what else are you going to talk about? You, realistically, who else? obviously we had defenders who kept clean sheets. So maybe you could look at one of them, but... If I like a bit of a, a combined effort, I guess, so saying any of them stood out massively amongst the next would be a bit too much. I don't think they created a great deal of chances either. So um, even if it was just for a few moments, I, I, I would give it to him. I don't know. Ross is going for Diaby, right? Bambo Diaby. <laughs> for Preston, he was... Uh... Yeah, he's had yeah. more shout-outs than yeah. anybody else on this podcast. I thought we had to go cough player. <laughs> no, if I'm going to cough player, I would go McNally because I felt actually thought Fads had a couple of moments where I was like, oh, that's the Fads from a couple of years ago where he sort of missed. And I thought Doyle was slightly off it as well. So I'd go McNally um, because I think he, again, showed another accomplished performance. Uh, but Bambo Diaby, ladies and gentlemen, was definitely man of the match. You should celebrate yourself every day. But some days you should celebrate with jewelry. Whether you want to commemorate an unforgettable moment or just bring some added sparkle to your collection, Blue Nile can offer you expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com today and experience the ease and convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com. BlueNile.com. Picture the scene. All of your mates around, you've got your McNugget share boxes ready to go. Partner this with your team playing champagne football. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. There's nothing quite like a McDelivery. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. You're listening to Sky Blues Extra. Well, let's move on to the juicy 4-0 victory away at Huddersfield yesterday. I want to start with a team selection because for for a change, Mark Robbins freshened things up. 
Dabo came in. Wilson Esbrand also came in. So two different wing backs to, to previous weeks. And a shout out to Ryan Howley. Pretty much an enforced change, but making his first league start. Uh, Matt, let's get your thoughts on his performance yesterday. I thought pretty much everything he did was very smart and intuitive. And he was a great option in that final third for, for most of the game. Yeah, it was a, a solid kind of first starting performance for us, really. It's so important for us, for the reasons we've talked about in terms of bring, continuing to bring players through. It's going to be massive for us. We've got, obviously, a new owner. You know, we're hoping that we'll, we'll be able to bring in some quality in the summer. But let's face it, if we don't end up, you know, going up um, and we are a championship team next season, we are going to still rely or potentially rely on bringing players through the youth system and having them impact our, our first team or our first team squad. So, again, we don't we don't wish injuries on, on any players, but the fact that Eccles has had the, ch- the chance to start for us over the last few games and look solid, it's going to be massive for us next season. And now, obviously, it looks like there's going to be an opportunity for, for Howley and for him to get some game time and potentially put himself in there as an option for us next season as well. But we do need to develop this squad and look at people on the bench and say, this is somebody who can actually do a job in the championship is going to be massive. So, yeah, I thought he did. I thought he did well, um, given his age, given his lack of experience. He looked solid. He looked relatively calm. I know he got a book in you know, pretty early in the game. But um, I think that's the other player's that. fault because they told him to go hard in on challenges early. Set, set, his, set his stall in and make a name for himself. Yeah, probably. Um, a little bit too keen to do that. But yeah, I think in the main, he looks pretty reassured and looked confident. And, you know, obviously he's going to probably get some more game time between now and the end of the season. So you don't, you'd only expect him to improve from his first game. And if that's what he's improving on, then he, he looks like he can be a solid option for us. Obviously mentioned about the wing backs as well. Again, the fact that we've had so many injuries and we are going to rely on these people coming in and have an impact. So Wilson's e-brand is going to be important to us because obviously he comes with such a reputation of of, of that potential and um, we need people to be showing that potential that quality that they've apparently got in the next 10 11 games because if we if we are potentially going to have a burst towards the top six then we're going to need to get the best out of him so you probably haven't seen it as of yet but if he's going to get an extended run of games then um, you know we're, we're going to need to see it from him and Dabo back in the fold Ross yeah, no, good to see. Um, yeah, I mean, obviously it was a few weeks ago when we had the event at the tavern. He said his aim was to get back, you know, back to fitness, back playing as soon as possible. And um, yeah, it was good to see him get a start. I felt like that was deserved. I felt like Norton Cuffey had had a couple of sort of, you know, he had a poor game against Preston. And, um, you know, I, I didn't feel like he was as bad as what you, you all made out against uh, Sunderland. But I thought on Tuesday night against Preston, I, I can't. You know, defend that. He, he, he did have, a, he did struggle. Um, so I think it was right, and I think it again showed the depth. I think it was good that Bidwell, you know, got a, you know, got a rest, and it was nice to see Wilson Esbrand get a game in his actual position. Because I'm, <laughs> are you ready, everybody? It's the first one of the for a while. I'm done with Wilson Esbrand being played as a cam, you know, like a rabbit in the headlights, running around looking lost. In the words of Dino from a couple of years ago, going on an adventure. Do you know what I mean? Doesn't know where he's going. It's nice to see him. In wing back in his actual position because he looks so much much more, more assured. Like, yeah, he looks confident. more assured. You know, and I sort of against Preston, I, I don't know. I felt for him a bit because I was like, he did a he, he'll do things. Wilson Esbrand, I agree. With what Matt said is bang on. He's clearly got so much talent. I think his first touch, he's got that sort of Matson-esque in terms of technical ability, and he tries things. He won't always come off. You know, he did a, quite a few passes yesterday, which went straight out of play. But he's trying those one touch first time passes and it, he's got that pace. He did a nice dummy early on in the first half, you know, and, and sort of did a Huddersfield defender and put a good ball in the box and create an opening. And I feel like he brings that dy- dynamism in an attacking sense that Bidwell just doesn't offer. So I think it was good. And it was nice to see Robbins go attacking, you know, um, despite the injury sort of crisis. So yeah, good to see Dabo get a start and Wilson Esbrand. That left back position is so vital, I think, for how we play. Well, both, if, isn't it? Both if, sides. If we could high, if we could get a hybrid of Bidwell and Wilson Esbrand, we'd have a player on our hands. I mean, Bidwell came on yesterday, and there was two blocks just before that fourth goal, were absolutely outstanding. And I'm thinking defensively, the guy has got everything, but he just has not a lot going forward. And it's very frustrating that. Uh, 
yeah, he was the last person I wanted that chance against Preston to fall to and yeah. it rolled across. And I thought, here we go. Um, but uh, but no, I agree. And but Dabo, he Dabo yesterday. That was, there was glimpses, wasn't there, of the League One Dabo? But that was like the combination you were talking about of Wilson as Brandon Bidwell. He looked defensively Dabo good. He looked sharp. He, he actually he looked confident. He looked like he wanted to try and beat their defender. You know, not the ball passed a couple of times on the right. And going forward, he he looked he was smart passing, intelligent. So yeah, really impressed. I was really pleased to see him have a good game because I, I have been critical of him at times. Um, but it, yeah, a really good performance. And obviously the two standout players, Matt. You've mentioned Hamer before. Uh, another great, brilliant performance from him and and Vic. I mean, we kind of, I kind of feel like we've run out of superlatives for, for both of them. We're obviously we're very very lucky to have them, um, especially Vic. I mean, he was pretty poor against Preston, but back with a bang in this game. And it's for me, I don't. It's often he doesn't have seem to have two or three bad games in a row. Feels like if he does have a bad game, he's got a chip on his shoulder. And a point to prove, and he does that in the next game, which he did here. Yeah, kind of ties in with what Robbins has been saying about him. He's he's ultra competitive, you know, and you can imagine Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, he's not probably been the, the nicest person to, to be around because he'll know that he didn't have a great game against Preston and um and he'll want to put that right. You know, I think he's he's he can tell how competitive he is, how important it is for him to you know, hit the heights that he's he's now reached. He doesn't want to let that drop at any stage. And I think you're right. If he if he has a bad game, you don't generally see that follow through to the next next match. So um, this is him on top form. Obviously, he's got two goals in the game. Uh, what's really pleasing about them is it's probably one of the areas. Both goals are one of the areas where you say he's maybe not at his strongest. Is in terms of those those opportunities where he's got a lot of time to think about it. He's kind of like, I think he's a, he's really good. Obviously, I mean, I think he's the best by a mile in the league if you put him back to goal for 35, 40 yards out and put a defender on his back. I love seeing that. I usually think there's not too much danger here, but with him, you, you enjoy seeing it because you think he's going to turn this defender, he's going to get him behind, and that's what creates so many opportunities for us. I think he's the best player in the league, regardless, on, on current form. Yeah, yeah. I think that's where he he, he thrives more than... More than anywhere, you stick him 35, 40 yards away, out from goal, back to goal with a There's defender. No one better. Again, yeah, yeah you, you think that's that, that's nothing, nothing, no, no real situation, no threat there. And you see the ball go into him. They obviously get the ball into him in that position so often because they know this is a threat. If you can then turn that one defender who comes tight in on you, then you, you're in. And obviously you're going to create trouble, um, whether it's an opportunity for yourself or, or, or for somebody alongside you. So... That's where he usually throws. When he has those opportunities to think about it, you do worry a little bit mm. more. But he showed it with the fir- first goal, didn't he? Because normally Perfect. in that yeah, position, yeah. you're thinking, God, show some composure, please. You're worrying a little bit, yeah. The confidence that he's obviously got at the minute is is off the charts because the fact that to, to dink it in that manner, but also, I mean, to take the opportunity, make the decision to dink it and finish it like that is such a risky one because you are taking out, you know, you can put your foot through it, you can side foot or whatever and you can put a lot of pace on it if you dink it you've got to generate all the pace and you have got defenders who are running back so you've got to put enough on it for, for obviously the ball to get in the back of the net before a defender comes and closes it so to take that choice of thinking it where you've probably got more control of making sure it's on target but you're taking out the element of of pace just shows the confidence that he's got and it was just a perfect finish same thing for the second you know obviously it's a different style of finish but just the confidence that he's got God Ross you going to say something yeah, no, I was just going to say it's it's not a conventional Yokra's finish. He normally just absolutely thunder blasts it and it goes over the bar. So to see him actually be quite delicate, you know, because his whole game is not delicate. It's creating terror, physical. I mean, as soon as he got away, the guy makes a mistake because he knows Vic's there. Yeah, yeah. I the don't pressure, I, yeah. like if that's Gordon or something. I don't necessarily think he makes the fluff. And even if he does, I think he gets back and catches up with Gordon. Whereas Vic is away, he's never been caught. And the question is, can he produce the finish? And everything Matt said is spot on. And he and he, it's a it's a great finish and one that took me by surprise. And because I we've not seen him do that before. Um, I, do, I yeah, it was a great yeah. Hamer was brilliant. Are we see are we seeing in Hamer and Vic the best two players we've had since the Premier League? Again, I think recency bias is easy to forget what O'Hare brings. You know, I I, I think O'Hare you got to put O'Hare in that mix. I think he's in. He's in, incredible. I think Jokeres is 100% the best striker we've had since we got relegated from the Premier League. No question about it. 
you know, because we can't even had McGoldrick King. Yes, yes. The old, by, uh, King was always my the what number one in terms of who I'd seen. McGoldrick was League One. I, I've got to take people who were like okay, they're Clive Platt. No, <laughs> close one. I mean, but how many times have I, we've been able to sort of say confidently we've got the best striker in the league? In the I don't think we've ever we done that since That's... potentially Dublin. Yeah, but yeah, exactly. So we, I think, yeah, Jokeres' stats, um, yeah, are incredible. His game is coming on. And like I say, if he can just find those sort of finishing touches, he's, you know, he's going to give us every chance. And, and what you said about him not having two sort of bad games in a row, I totally agree. And I sort of felt like, you know, and he's not going to come up against a Bambo Diaby every week. But and that's, that's number 10 for the day. He, Jesus. But, but, but no, I think I, I sort of looked at this game and thought, while we've got Vic in our team and we're keeping clean sheets, we know we can do that. We've got a chance, you know, even if we don't play that well, we could have nicked it on uh, Tuesday against Preston. And I thought Vic being more effective, like he was against Sunderland, against a poor team like this, we're going to create chances. And obviously everyone else stepped up as well. It was a much better team performance and we got the goals and got the three points. Obviously a lot of chat about Gus Hamer as well. Um, I think the one thing I've, I've seen with Gus over since... Was it where did he get sent off? Was it Birmingham? Yes, that was the second of yes, but what in about four or five games, he got sent off twice, didn't he? Yeah, so is it? It was like an extended period of, of time out, and since then, he's been for me a revelation. And I think it's all down to sort of his timing and that he's worked on that. He sort of nailed it to, for me, stops him from getting yellow cards, intercepts the ball ridiculous amounts of times in matches. I mean, I was looking at the stats. Him and Sheaf were in the top four players in the league for, for winning the ball back. And then not only that, he creates things out of it as well. I just think it's a breath of fresh air for, for us to have someone like him in the midfield that can dominate in possession and get the ball back. More than anybody I've seen in a long time, you can see a concerted effort from him to improve as a footballer since, as you say, he got those two red cards. I, I would, I'll be honest, I was absolutely... Raging at that point of time with I him. I thought we were going to get it done. I was it's, done. It's what, what can you, I mean, it's booking every game and then it was two sending offs in the space of about four or five games. And you're just like, for all that, it, it makes it even more or made it even more frustrating at the time because of the fact that he is so talented. He is so technically able. You do miss the ability that he brings when he's just consistently getting, you know, suspensions. And it was just so frustrating to watch. And you can, you can see in him, and probably any player I can remember for a while for us, that kind of concerted effort to change elements of his game to obviously improve as an all-round player. You know, he was talking about it a few weeks ago, going on a run of, of games without a booking, and that obviously stood out for him. But I, I know people around the time where he was obviously picking up a lot of cards to getting suspended, people were saying, well, you maybe don't want to lose an element of his game because is it going to change him as a player? And you're like, it clearly hasn't at all and he's been able to improve as a player i probably more than anybody i think on the pod last season you know whilst i think we all massively rated Hamer, i was probably more the kind of one who'd be a little bit more hesitant because i was always just a little bit worried about that final product you know decision making what he would do once he got into those positions because he was so important to us because a lot of play would go through him he has the technical ability you're like if we can turn this into a guy you know more often than not, is making the right decision when he gets into those positions, then he's going to be fantastic. And I think that's what we're seeing now. More often than not, he's now making the right decisions when he gets into those positions. He's, you know, playing the, the pass at the right moment, looking at the assist he's getting. He got the one at Rotherham where he could quite easily have shot or played a, a different ball, tried to do something a bit fancy. And he... 12 key passes in the last four games, which is seven clear of the next, the next player. It's unbelievable. Obviously, we in, in the last couple of games, he encompassed everything that's good about his game at the moment. That moment that he had against Preston, which was man of the match for me, it's such an impressive passage of play where he sets Alan up. You know, he wins the ball back, he glides past a couple of players, he runs at pace, he waits to bring um, three or four of their defenders towards him. So he plays the pass at the right moment to create the opportunity for Alan. That assist for um, Jokic yesterday, again, he wins the ball back and immediately, bang, pass is gone. Giocs in it, it's just it's so obviously Giocca as we talked about how fantastic he's for us I think we are really massively benefiting from the improvements that he's made as a concerted effort as a, as a footballer over the last you know couple of months 
and a great goal yesterday, Ross, as well. You know, picking the ball up from a brilliant pass from Dabo, who looked like he stalled on the ball a little bit, but then found that key pass. And then a, an unbelievable finish at the near post. Just too hot to handle. Yeah, no, he made a great run. Um, his energy was fantastic. He he gets around the pitch, you know, and but when he... When, He's showing that he's got more to his game than just getting ready. You know, he, he wins the ball back. His desire and hunger to win the ball back, you know, and press is incredible. His movement and he showed great composure. Composure both going forward and obviously with the great, you know, great finish, but also like you said, defensively. And when we, you know, at the evening when him and Dabo came, he spoke about you know, obviously this huge run without a yellow card, and it was all about the timing being shown clips of why when he's doing it at the wrong time you know, and how to make those fouls, but without it leading to a yellow card all the time. And he just looks like he's matured. It looks like when he had that four-game suspension, he's come back, like you say, sort of a different player and a much better player. And to me, you know, I agree against Preston. He did show those, like, moments. But in a game when everyone else is, I think it's easy to stand out when everyone's playing, like, awful. But when, when we're playing as a team, much better, and he still stands out above the rest, that's when I go... Yeah, he's, 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 he's a key and integral part to the side. One yellow card in 22 games since that red, which is a remarkable turnaround for... I'm just trying to count them up now. They're so close to each other, so it's hard to actually physically count them. But he had 14 yellow cards in his last 38 appearances before that red card. So the turnaround in that is just unbelievable. Because you'd always put him on your betting slip, wouldn't you? Gus Hamer to get a yellow card. It'd be the last thing you put on now. No, it would be. But it's it's... You sort of look at those two and, but again, Fads, his influence on the team can't, you know, I think is, is as, as important, um, but in a in defensive sense as well. And I think if in the summer we can, you know, keep Hamer, get O'Hare back fit, Palmer, and if we can add, because the thing is, I think they stand now because in our mind, we're like, oh, well, they're clearly the best players we've got. But it actually, if we want to be a side who are in the playoffs and, and knocking on that door, we we need to have another you need two to have of players, those players around them. And if we do have that, then Hamer will then sort of won't necessarily stand out as much because we've got everyone else is on a high level. And I think the problem is he we have got a squad where there's some players who probably are League One players, and we've got these players who are probably premier, top top end championship or you know bottom end Premier League players who are sort of carrying them. So overall, it sort of the average, brings up the yeah. average. Yeah. Whereas I think if we can if we can make the worst player in our squad a mid-table championship player, then that's when we're going to really thrive. Yeah. Has anyone worked out Jokerez's celebration yet? Yeah, Ross is, Ross is doing a fantastic impression. Is it a, be- <laughs> is it, is it a nod to Bane for Batman? Weren't, weren't well, you can all, only imagine it. Uh, weren't yeah, they all that's dressed... The, that's the logical answer, isn't it? Weren't they all dressed as Batman at the Christmas party? No, that was uh, Stormtroopers, weren't it? Oh, well, okay. I... Did I they think... go as Batman maybe the year before? Maybe. I swear I've seen a picture. I can't believe nobody's asked. I can't believe the, just these interviews. Where's CWR and Telegram yeah. asking him? What's like, if I had the opportunity to ask him a question, I'd be like, what's, what's the celebration, celebration about? Yeah. And the, the only person they did ask was Liam Kelly. I mean, he checked out months ago. <laughs> he ain't going to know what the Early celebration is Early checkout for Liam Kelly. Handed his key over the lot. He's not going to know what the Maybe celebration is. There's a bit of a panic. I mean, he probably thought the old pointing at the watch thing was getting a bit old, you know, so yeah. it was relevant when he scored last minute against Preston and got a couple of late goals, but you can't just keep doing it when you're scoring in the 14th minute, I guess. So he probably thought, oh, I've got to change it. Well, this kind of looks quite cool, I guess. You know, Maybe there isn't a big thought process behind it. It does sound quite bland in his interviews and maybe that's kind of the Bane voice coming through. You're full on going with his Bane thing, aren't you? Yeah, I think I've, I, it must be. It, it must be. I don't, I don't think I've ever seen it that done anywhere else i don't i don't i don't personally get it so we need to find out so maybe at the q a this week ross we can find out yes yes yeah that'd be good <laughs> because surely palmer and fads know what it's all about you may you wouldn't even ask yeah. robbins would you because he, he, he hasn't got a clue what's going on <laughs> no no he doesn't know what, what, what made me laugh was it was kind of a couple of weeks ago but you know that like the city unseen against rotherham and then hamer was walking in and he was sort of doing all this and robbins was behind like Barely laughing. Yeah, yeah. And then as soon as Hamer walked, he just was like went from laughing to just just like yeah. deadly serious face. He does make saw the camera saw the camera and thought, oh, oh dear, dear. yeah, it's quite funny. Uh, talking of someone looking very serious, Neil Warnock didn't give us 
one little bit of praise yesterday. Of course not. Um, my favourite part of the game was was him at the end, just sort of, sort of looking lost on the side. <laughs> Didn't know what to do. He was just hanging around. Maybe he wanted to try and get Vic's shirt off him. Oh, I mean, he was... He should have stayed retired, right? He should have stayed retired. He should have stayed, you know, in his tractor in Cornwall, wherever. I remember years ago, years ago, he said that's what he was going to do. And he's been retired about four times, come back. And it's like, I don't know, everything he said just was just nonsense. I mean, he was saying about how the Huddersfield support, I mean, you could hear a pin drop. Do you know what I mean? In terms that was of the yeah, awful, I mean, wasn't it? That? it to, I think when you come out with tripe like that, which is just so obviously, it's saying what you feel like you should say. I don't know. I, to me, you've conceded eight goals in two games, you know, without reply. They look done, 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 done. Um, and I just think he was never the answer, you know. Um, yeah, odd, know. odd appointment. Odd. Um, we can't end this game without talking about Tyler Walker. I mean, I'm super pleased for him. I mean, I, I, I feel like he comes in for some unfair criticism at times. And I think... The problem is that we're kind of spoiled with Vic, aren't we? And how good he is. And I think fans expect or want Walker to, to be kind of the same, but he's just not that type of player. But hopefully now this goal will, will build some confidence. But he, I thought, for what it's worth, Against I thought he did, uh, Preston, when he yeah. came on, he did a lot more than Godden. Now, Godden did literally diddly squats. So, and Tyler Walker came on and actually he, the referee was poor. He was getting fouled. Walker a lot against Preston but didn't get the fouls but actually he was holding it up and it's an interesting one and this is a question I'd pose to you two obviously Walker's contract's up at the end of the season and I think he's going to be released but let's say Matty Goddens was also up at the end of the season out of the two if you were to keep one who would you keep? Uh, that's tough isn't it that that is tough uh, I suppose you go with Goddard because of his history. Yeah, we, if, we, if we're looking at the fact of, let's say, we don't go up and we end up selling Jokerez and we obviously get a good amount of money, you'd probably think our, our forward um, four, I guess, options that you're probably looking to have is going to very Completely heavily change. change across the yeah. boards. So I wouldn't be shocked if you didn't see any of them back, to be honest with you. If I could pick one out of them, I probably would pick Goddard on the basis of the fact that you say, you know, you probably... You've hopefully got a bit of money to, to play with. Somebody who you probably put a little bit less responsibility on, um, but think is probably a bit more likely to grab you a goal at this level. I think he's just shown that bit more to say you would you probably have him on there on the basis of the fact that you, you're not really expecting or hoping that he's going to be in a position where he's starting regularly, but you probably have a bit more confidence in him coming on and, and getting you goal, I guess. But that's maybe one of the... I agree. I don't think... Um, Walker, because a lot of time he just looks miserable. I mean, other than the fact of when he scored that goal, he just doesn't look happy at all. Even when he's celebrating goals with the team, you kind of watch him. And I think there's a picture, I have to try and find it and, and put it out somewhere, but kind of he's being hugged during one of the goals and he just literally likes he's, looks like he's a child being hugged completely against his will. He's, he's there. He's with the players celebrated, but he's not really celebrating. And I don't think that's a reflection of the fact he doesn't care because the players seem to go over to him and react well and everything it's else. It's just so his sure demeanour, right? That's just how I think it's is. just his demeanour. Yeah, he just like looks like somebody who's... Yeah. I look like a gr grumpy sod half but the time. Yeah. Compare it to Godden, though. Godden, he's the opposite, isn't he? He, come, he looks yeah. like he's like buzzing playing for Coventry City. He looks like it, everything means so much to him. And I mean, obviously, it was a hypothetical question because Godden's still got another year. But in my mind, I agree. I think the strikers are going to change that much that I do think Walker's still going to get released. But I sort of... It, obviously, age is on his side in terms of if they were both at the same point in their contract, you could potentially look and go, well, actually, is there still something that Robbins could get from Tyler Walker? Whereas Godden, we know what he's about, you know. I, I don't know. I think he will go. The injury record for Matty Godden doesn't go well in his favour. Does Neither it? does the missing posters that you made. <laughs> the other thing with Walker, whenever he's looked half decent for us or put any kind of run together, it's where he's started so that first season back, he had, a, I guess, a bit of a decent run at points when he was kind of the focal point. I don't know if he just is the kind of striker where you need to give him a bit, a bit of game time. And I think ideally, probably next season, if we are a championship team, if we've kind of readdressed that um, that front four, I guess, in terms of options that we would have there, you'd hope he wouldn't be a starter. And then you're kind of thinking, is he, I don't know, is he the kind of player who's 
going to have that level of impact coming off the bench and scoring. I know he did yesterday, but um, what is it, October 2021 since he scored before then? And obviously he's been out on loan as well, so it's probably not a true reflection as a, as a striker. But um, yeah, I, I, I don't know. I, I'd probably just lean towards Godden. Right, let's uh, let's wrap this one up and get some man of the matches for our biggest away win since 2008, I read. Uh, let's start with you, Ross, on this one. Um, Richie Ocaras. Oh. Tough. It's tough, though, isn't it? Because obviously those two were just completely standouts in this game. I was just trying to get the who scored. For the, unselfish, for the unselfish lay across to Tyler Walker, you know, to get an assist. I They've think, both got uh, 9.5s on who scored. I just think it's very tough. You you, you can yeah you can't really split him. But I'd go Victor Yokarez. I think he's just again man on fire, man in form, and yeah he, he leads the line just unbelievably well. So Victor Victor beat Hamer by point one nine point four seven plays nine point four six, which is two of the highest rates I think I've seen this season. Um, Matt, who who are you going to go with on this? Yeah, I agree. I have to go Yokarez. I think Aimer was fantastic. Not as good as he was against Preston, obviously, in my opinion. You know, I thought he was a player that I'm not being serious there. He was miles better against Huddersfield as a all-round performance. But I you have to go with Jokerez when he you know he's contributing those two goals, but also the the assist kind of nudge it nudge it in, in his favour for me as well, because it's so it just sums up his game so perfectly. Um again, that was an example of back to goal, 35 yards out. Ball's bouncing, player on his back, and that again. Watching it, you're just like, "This is, this, there's, there's a chance coming out of this because this is where he throws, takes it down, one touch, in behind the defender, weaves in, weaves out, puts it on a plate for Walker, and you're just like, if there was any doubt, you kind of just have to nudge it to him on the back of of what he's done there. I think Walker again <laughs> talked about his lack of emotion, but I think he showed a bit of emotion when he um, when Yoka has went over to to celebrate with him as well. I think he let him know what he thinks of him as a player um, with, with some of his words, because if you're a player who hasn't scored for for your side for, was it, 18 months, and somebody does that to lay out on a plate for you, you know, you um, it's good to see that he obviously paid the, the level of respect that, uh, that, that he should have done for Gokka as laying out on a plate for him. You're listening to Sky Blues Extra. Okay, let's have a quick look ahead to, to Saturday. Uh, Hull City are in town. Previously in the season, during that dreadful run, I don't even remember, we just gave them three goals uh, away from away from home in that that three two loss. So but we definitely owe them one, Ross. I would say, um, and it seems to be a good time to to play them with the the former in as well. Yeah, it um, it feels sort of similar to last season. Do you remember we had that Nando's um, and we we were playing Hull after we beat Sheffield United. And you know, again, we felt like this was a win. We needed to beat Hull to really try and cement a playoff place. And it feels, again, three points off, a huge opportunity. I always feel like they are a slight sort of awkward Bo- side. Bogey like. side, I feel. Um, it's obviously a huge day. It's Wardy's 30th birthday as well, listeners, uh, on that on Saturday. So a huge day. Um, I think... Look, we do owe them. We, you know, the game earlier on in the season, again, you know, we, we worked, so, worked so hard to get back on like level terms. And then just, again, we just it was one of Simon Moore's three sort of games where he made a, a howler, didn't he? Um, but they're a decent side. They've got a good manager in place now. I think, you know, I think Rosinha, you know, is doing a decent job. You know, a big looked, win on Friday night, wasn't it, against West Big Brown win. They well. Got, well, they got absolutely, were getting battered from pillar to post. And then literally typical football fashion went at the other end, scored. But then they just, it's like they, they can defend, you know, and they've got some good players. We're going to have to be at it again. And I don't think we're going to have anyone back fit, are we? So, I mean, it's going to be the same. I don't know when Ben Chief's back. He's the only one who... I, I would say it's likely international break where we might get a few players back in, in the fold. So I think what we've got now is what we've got until until then. So we, yeah, we've just got to we've got, we've got to go for it, haven't we? But that doesn't that doesn't concern me because Howley played really well yesterday, and I think we can get through the the period of games we've got against the opposition we've got. I think we can get through to the international break, and that's when the more tricky games start to appear. And hopefully, we'll have the likes of Sheaf and Palmer back at that point. Yeah, a hundred percent. And if we can get through up to the international break, if we can get if we can get two more wins, you know. Um, You'd be you'd be buzzing, sort of thing. Um, 
So we'll see. I mean, one person we didn't talk about who actually got probably his most minutes, you know, Sean Maguire. Finally, actually got to see him touch a football. Um, so I don't know. I, 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 was, I was sort of expecting him to sort of, you know, maybe he'll hopefully play a bit more now. Um, I don't know what your thoughts are There'll be an opportunity there now, right now, for him uh, to, to play, you'd imagine. Yeah. When we signed him again, his goal record isn't going to be something as a striker that anybody's going to get overly excited about. But he's somebody who's obviously played his trade at championship level for a number of years now. He's played international football. So he's not overly excited because of that lack of goals. But he's somebody who, again, being realistic for where we are as a, as a club, he's not he's not horrific of a, of a side in four is so but there could be worse options to have i'd imagine yeah exactly he's experienced if we're we're talking about the fact of you know ideally he's probably not going to need to start games for us but if Godden, as we said maybe there's a few concerns about him getting back up to speed if he's somebody you need to bring on you know 70 minutes gone and um, to provide a bit of support then i wouldn't rule out the fact that he can have an impact on games so yeah i think he's um, potentially still got a part to play between now and the end of the season. Um, and well, maybe we'll keep our fingers crossed. How, how do you, how do you approach this one? Because we know, you know, Hall were, you know, quite strong in sort of protecting their leads when they get one. Um, it's it's going to be a case of us taking it to them. I suspect that home, hopefully bolstered by a, a big crowd as well. 25 pound a ticket on Saturday. Um there's no excuse, isn't there, to, to not go up there unless you go to Wardy's birthday, I, su- I suppose. Yeah, I, for me, it's a, it's a massive run of four games that we've got now. If we are looking at the playoffs, um, I kind of try and break it down into chunks. I think we talked about that earlier. And, and you look at it, it does get a little bit harder after the international break. Um, you look at kind of what it's taken to get into the playoffs the last 10, 11 years. It's lowest has been 68, I think most season it's probably going to be somewhere more towards 74 75 points if we are again if we realistically got that in our mind we're probably going to need to pick up six or seven wins out of the 11 games that we've got so it'll be interesting to see how we go into this game because if we do realistically think we've got a shot then this is probably one of those games that's going to need to go down as a win so yeah i think we've got to go at them then as we said there are a solid team. They've done well, if you obviously factor in the fact that this is his first season back at championship level. So they've, they've done well. They've had a first, a solid first season back. Um, they look like they haven't really got major starts. Obviously, they've got Esther Pinan, who's who's done decently for them. But um, aside from that, they've just got a solid team, basically. So they're going to make it difficult for you. They've, there's nothing really that stands out for them. They're 13th in the table, so they're mid-table. They've scored a decent number of goals. They haven't conceded loads, but um, there's just nothing that stands out. They're gonna, they're not gonna make it easy for us. I think they'll come to uh, the CVS and just make it difficult for us. So we're gonna have to go at them and and create something. And yeah, it could come down to important moments. You know, if we can get a goal early on and force them out a bit more, then it could be a bit more of an enjoyable afternoon. But it's about um, taking our chances, I guess. Do you foresee a victory then in that case? I do. Yeah, I, I think we are gonna nick it. I do think it's going to be a close game. I, more than anything, other than the fact of just at some point, we've kept so many clean sheets, I feel like we probably are going to concede, but I think we'll, we'll probably nick a close game 2-1 personally. And Ross? I'm going to go for a, a draw, I think. A score draw, like one all or something. Because I, I, I do agree, at some point we are going to concede. And my only, my only sort of issue is, I know we scored four yesterday. I feel like we're very good if we take the lead. I just... We, one thing we haven't been as good at this season is, you know, if we go behind how we respond and turn it around. Last year, we turned, how many games did we win? And we won the most points from losing positions, I believe, in the league. So that hasn't been the case this season um, because we've actually scored less goals um, overall. So I just I can, I just think they're a bit of an awkward side. I don't think a point would be the worst thing in the world if we then went away to the teams in the bottom three, you know, Blackball and Wigan and picked up four or six points from those two so yeah i'll go with the draw but obviously hoping for a win okay before we go let's just have a quick nod to this week's player q a ross at the tavern casey palmer and carl mcfadzine in attendance should be a good evening hopefully it should be a great evening um and for all of those you listeners who have either come to one of the previous events you'll know you know how they roll great interview with the players the players are always in you know sort of great shape, great spirits um, at the tavern. You can enjoy some nice drinks, enjoy some food. 
you'll get to see Dino this time. You know, he's not I always there. there. So if you, you know, I mean, it is sold out. All the tickets went. So it should be a great atmosphere. The one last they time. They only sold out because I'm going. Yeah, slightly slower sellout than it was when it was me and Dabo. <laughs> but, you know. Um, but there's, there's... Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximize your home ground advantage with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee, and terms apply. See McDonald's.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. The waiting list for the one where Matt goes to. There's already a waiting list. <laughs> um, there's a queue, online queue. But no, it, it should be a great evening. Hopefully, you know, we'll be able to, I mean, Fads has been, you know, he's one of the most popular people, I guess, in the squad at the moment, you know, with the fans. So that would be great to get, you know, the fans questions in as well. And then obviously Casey Palmer, find out the extent of this injury and when we can see him back because what a great signing he's been. So yeah, uh, there'll be highlights and stuff if you're not unable to uh, attend, you know, post on social media. So keep an eye out for those. Yeah, as Ross said, it is sold out. But if you do have questions for either Casey or Kyle, uh, just get in touch on the socials. And there's a, there'll be an opportunity to, to put them to them at the end of the evening. So we will do that. Uh, chaps, that's it for this week. Thanks for, for joining me. A big thank you to our listeners and a big thank you, of course, to our sponsors at the Skyboot Tavern. And don't forget, for all the best pre- and post-match content, keep across our socials at Skyboot Extra. Thanks for listening to the Sky Blues Extra podcast. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.